Let's start reading 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Um, preachers today, you know, they rare, you know, we all read that verse all the time, but when was the last time you heard about a preacher calling out somebody you know, from their own group? It's like we all say the wolves in sheep's clothing, they're all going to be in the Catholic church or in the Protestant churches. No, God's going to send, or not God, the devil is going to send the false prophets among the sheep. He's going to send them into the good churches. Yet we never, we were told this was going to happen, and yet we don't do anything about it. We never watch for it. You know, they, they, everybody's experts in spotting the wolves in someone else's flock, but they can never spot the wolves in their own flock. You know, and in verse 2 it says, And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not through covetousness. You know how I could be a bigger influence? I got to have what everybody wants. If I had a lot of money, you know, if I had a massive following, a huge church, then people would be more willing to listen. They're not willing to just listen to the Word of God. Okay, you, most people are trying to use covetousness and it works. It works with these people. Verse 4, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, of how, uh, and spare not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overflow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. Notice, you know, it says, if God spared not the angels that sinned. Okay? If God didn't spare them, God's not going to spare preachers. Okay? If preachers lie, if preachers go against God, you know, they're in trouble. Okay? They are in big trouble. You know, most of these people too, these false prophets, they are, go- I try to tell people this all the time. Because the way I spot false prophets is by what they teach, by their doctrine. And most people, though, they're like, no, they can't be false prophets. This, this preacher, he's so nice. He's separated. You know, anybody can dress right. Okay? Anybody can put on a costume. Okay? Anybody can do that. You know, they, they're always, they're going to be toting a KJV Bible. Okay? They're going to do that. Why? They're trying to deceive. And they're going to have great personalities. We're supposed to spot them by their doctrine. But people think there's no way God would cast them into hell. There's no way that preacher that you're talking about isn't saved and is on their way to hell. Well, if God spared not the angels that sin, God's not going to spare a preacher. God's not going to spare... I don't care how nice you think He is. No preacher is more holy than an angel. And God didn't spare the angels then. He's going to go after them. But look at verse 9. Or let's jump down to verse 10. But chiefly them that walk after the lust of the flesh of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not as afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. This is what they're going to get eventually. The reward of unrighteousness. Eventually. In the future. Not today. Not on this earth. Are we probably going to see most of these people receive the reward of unrighteousness? We're going to see them receive the wages of unrighteousness. We're going to show you that in a minute. Everybody thinks the bad, you know, bad stuff is going to happen to bad people. Not necessarily. 
Sometimes the good things happen. Sometimes they get famous. They get popular. They get a lot of money. You know, we can't go off that kind of thing. And so it's uh, verse uh, 13. Uh, as they count its pleasure uh, to ride in the daytime spots, they are and blemishes, sporting themselves of their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart. They have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. Right there we see that what these preachers have done, these false prophets, they have gone the way of Balaam. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, let's let's go back to the book of Numbers. Let's go back to the book of Numbers because we need to look and see what it says about this way. But this way of Balaam... People are taking it left and right, and it is destroying. It's destroying churches. You know, sadly, many today, many independent Baptists, they are independent. Like I said, in name only. Many preachers say they would never dare go against you know their doctrinal statement of their alma mater, whatever their Bible college taught. That's what they're going to teach. You know, Bible colleges they've succeeded in basically creating their own denomination. They've got their own denomination. They all call themselves independent, but watch what happens when somebody does something independently. Right, they get blacklisted real quick. You know, and this system is swiftly bringing about the destruction of the IFB movement. I'm just going to be honest. It's not real healthy right now. Yeah. Independent fundamental Baptist churches aren't doing real good. It's not pretty what's going on. And, you know, it's like, well, it's just because Lord's obviously about to come. Really, is that, how, is that the condition you want to be in when the Lord comes back? You know, and it's like they've just resigned that, you know, that it's all going to go bad anyway. We'll be out of here before it gets too bad. Wrong. And you know what? You better get your act together. Amen. And so, you know, they, but they do. They're, they, they're compromising. Churches, they've left their first love. It's not about the Bible anymore. Yeah. They're compromising and they're basically ignoring God so they can impress other preachers. Amen. That's, that, that is a shame. What, and what do I think is happening? He said they're following the way of Balaam. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says that Balaam loved the wages of unrighteousness. That's where Balaam went bad. And we don't have time to read the entire story of Balaam. But if you start reading it in Numbers chapter 22, when you read Numbers, it kind of looks like Balaam's a good guy. When you, when you read it, it doesn't look like he did anything bad. And, and you may know the story, but uh, he was hired to go and curse the children of Israel. And, but he says, you know, I can't curse whom God has not cursed. I can only say what the Lord has told me to say. All the things he's saying sound good. Everything that Balaam says in Numbers, it all looks good. You read it, and honestly, I, I've always been kind of confused by that story because like, Balaam's a good guy. But then later in Numbers, I think chapter 25, they end up killing Balaam. I'm like, well, what'd they do that for? He didn't curse them. But actually, I'm going to show you what he did. And the truth is, while his words, Balaam's words are all good, the things he said in the story, we don't have time to read all of it. We're going to see his heart wasn't. Okay? A lot of people say one thing, but they think, they believe, they feel another thing. And look, let's look at a few things that it says. Look at Numbers chapter 22. I, need, I haven't even turned back there yet. I wish we had time to read the whole story so you can get the... Kind of the full context of what this is, so we understand exactly what the 
way of Balaam is, that the Bible says. But it says in verse 7, And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with their rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. Notice what they brought him. They brought him their rewards of divination. They brought him payment. That's how they were going to get him to curse the children of Israel. They paid him. They brought him money. They would bring this guy money and he would normally say the things that they wanted him to say. Here in this case, God physically, we're going to show you, God physically stopped him. Balaam wanted to curse Israel. Balaam wanted to do that. Balaam wanted the wages of unrighteousness. They're offering him all these gifts. They're offering him all this money and he wanted it. But, you know, God was not, God wasn't allowing him to do it. Not only did he want money, Look what it says in verse 14. It says, And the princes of Moab rose up and they went unto Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Balaam first is like, I can't do this. It wasn't that he didn't want to. He wanted to do the wrong thing, but he literally could not do it. And it says, And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said unto him, Thus saith Balak the son of Zippor, Let nothing I pray thee hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. Look, you know what he said? He said, I'm going to promote you to great honor. What they offered him, money and promotion. Hey, we're going to make you a big name. Everybody's going to know who you are. We'll make you an important person if you'll just say the things that we want you to say. We need you to curse these people. Tell us, say what we want you to say and you'll get money. You're going to get promotion. You'll be a big shot. And while it appears in the Bible that the words of Balaam in the story, you know, it looks like he's doing the right thing. It says in verse 32, because you read the story and God tells Balaam to go ahead and go with him. Go with him. But I want you to only say what I tell you to say. And Balaam goes with him. But then God was getting ready to kill Balaam. We're going and when you first read it you're like whoa wait a minute why is god getting ready to kill him god just told him to go but look what it says in verse 32 and you all know the story okay in case you don't i'll familiarize you with it but balaam he's on his way he's riding along in his donkey and all of a sudden the donkey stops and it won't go and so he's hitting the donkey and it, it still won't go and it ends up crushing his foot against the, uh, the rock wall and he falls and he's getting ready to kill the donkey and the donkey starts talking to him. Why are you hitting me? Oh, you know, I went, there was a sword in my hand. I'd kill you. you know, he starts yelling right back at the donkey, having a conversation right there. The Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and he's speaking to him. And then the Lord opens the eyes of Balaam and he sees an angel with a sword drawn. That donkey was able to see it, but Balaam couldn't at first. That donkey saved his life. And Balaam, he's all upset and he's angry, but then he sees that angel that was about ready to kill him. He was seconds away from death. In verse 32, And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. All see that? Okay, Balaam's words were all good, but his heart was perverse. And God knew that. Balaam pretended he was obeying God. He was going through the motions of doing what God said, but his heart was perverse. His heart wasn't in it. And so God was going to kill him. He God sent an angel to kill Balaam. And we see there that donkey ends up saving that ends up saving his life. But 
when you but then if you go on, when you read the rest of the Bible, it becomes clear the only reason that Balaam did not curse Israel is God physically stopped him. Look what it says in chapter 23, verse three and five. And Balaam said unto Balak, stand by thy burnt offering and I will go peradventure the Lord will come to meet me. And whatsoever he showeth me, I will tell thee. And he went to an high place and God met Balaam and he said unto him, I have prepared seven altars and I have offered um, upon every altar a bullock and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, return unto Balak and thus shalt thou speak. The Lord put those words in his mouth and he said, well, you know, God's using him. He was a good guy. Well, look at what it says in Numbers Chapter 24, or not Numbers, uh, Joshua. Joshua chapter 24, verse 9. It says, Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel, and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore, he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. You all see that? The reason that Balaam did not curse Israel is God physically did not let him do it. He would have done it. He would have sold Israel out so fast. He would have taken the money. He would have taken the promotion. But in this particular story, God physically stopped him from doing that. And when you go, and then if you go on to, and you when you read Numbers, it appears Balaam ended up doing the right thing. And but the truth is, it was Balaam that caused Israel to sin later in Numbers chapter twenty-five. We don't have time to read it, but if you read Numbers chapter twenty-five. They went and they end up intermingling with the Midianites and there was some wicked things that took place. There was adultery going on taking place. And Balaam's name is not mentioned anywhere in Numbers chapter 25. But because of that, God sent a great plague through Israel and killed many of the people. And then later in Numbers chapter 31, we see Balaam being killed. It says in verse 8, And they slew the kings of Midian beside the rest of them that were slain, namely Evi, Rechem, and Zer, and Her. And Reba, five kings of Midian, Balaam also, the son of Beor, they slew with the sword. They end up killing him. And the reason for that, in verse 16, it says, Behold, these caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor. That story is referring to Numbers chapter 25 when Israel does some great sin. His name's not mentioned, but it was Balaam that got Israel to sin in Numbers chapter 25. It was because of him many people died, and, as, and so God had them kill Balaam. So ultimately, this man who loved the wages of unrighteousness, he couldn't curse them. He didn't, God didn't give him the ability to do that, but he ended up hurting them anyway by counseling them, and they listened to him just like a lot of phony false prophets are hurting churches, hurting Christians by getting them to unite with false religions, with false doctrine. And you know, I'm telling you right now, and right here we see in the Bible, the reason he did this. I mean, it's so clear he knew who God was. It's clear he knew that Israel was God's people. He knew that he could not curse them. Yet at the same time, this man loved the wages of unrighteousness so much, if he, he would have done whatever he had to do to get that, to get money and to get promotion. And you know why preachers today are afraid to preach, preach the truth? Because they've gone the way of Balaam. Money and promotion. Amen. Oh man, I, I can't preach that way in my church. I'm going to lose all the tithing families in my church. Okay, Balaam. All right, see how it ended for him. 
You know, I, I, and not even just money. Promotion. I'm t- I think promotion gets preachers more than anything else. Man, if I do that, you know, I'm, I'm going to move down the ranks in fundamentalism. If I preach that way, I'm not going to get asked to preach at the big conferences. I'm not going to be a big shot anymore. They're not going to want to put my picture in the sword of the Lord or the revival fires. I can't. I've been trying to work my way up for a long time. You know, I'm buddy buddy with some of the big names with Dr. Big Shot, you know, Dr. Pompous. I mean, I know all of them. I mean, we're tight like that. What are those guys going to do to me if I start preaching this stuff? I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to demote you. And I promise you this. If you do what they tell you to do. They will promote you, but God will not be pleased with you. God will not be pleased when you do that. And the Bible says the reason they do this, the reason we have some of these damnable heresies that are being taught in churches. I've been whining about this dispensationalism stuff that's creeping into churches. It's getting out of control. Our type of Baptist, independent fundamental Baptist, didn't used to be all caught up into that stuff. But now that they're being challenged when it comes to their pre-trib and pro-Jew doctrines, they're all gravitating to this stuff. And it's wicked. And the people that are promoting it... These are nice guys. Some of them are funny guys. Some of them are very good, polished speakers that are very enjoyable to listen to. But they are privily bringing in damnable heresies. And when you try to... I've told preachers, I've warned them about some of these guys. And I've showed them, this is exactly what they said. And this is exactly what the Bible says about people who say things like that. No. 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 Not not him. You know, he runs with the big boys. I mean, you know, he's well respected. He's a prominent name in fundamentalism. He's gone the way of Balaam. That's how, how do you think he got there? That's how people get in those places. Why do we have these systems that, that we do today? They're getting out of control and they're destroying what churches are supposed to be. I mean, I feel sorry. You know, most people in church pews today, they, they could care less about the big conferences and the promotions and where their pastor ranks in fundamentalism. They don't care. All right, but yet preachers are starving out their people of certain things that the scriptures yeah. tell them they're supposed to preach about so they can impress some guy that's not even there. You know what? Just forget that and start thinking about the people that God has put you to shepherd over and to teach. Stop doing that. It's out of control. Stop being a coward. Start just using what the Bible says. But, you know, and you know, what's it going to take to change things? Because like I said, I was, it's got, you know, one of the big shots, one of the big shots, they can deal with this stuff. You know, if, if something needs to change, you know, when I first realized, man, this is, this is sad where we are going with preaching how wrong we've been in some of these things. Somebody needs to fix this in fundamentalism. And I kept praying, you know, Lord, you know, speak to Dr. Big Shot, you know, Lord, speak to, you know, speak to him, you know, let, you know, show him the truth in this area so he can fix everybody. Yeah. But you know what? Father, follow the way of Balaam. You, you can't give, you can't even get them, you can't get them to listen. You can't even get them to comprehend it, think it. And even if you show them scripture, all they want to do is they want to talk about the big shots. When I showed them scripture, I, I talked to people, and you know, I've literally quoted practically chapters of the Bible to these people. And then when I, like, the Bible says this, and then I'm, I'm quoting Bible. Well, you're just copying Stephen Anderson. What? I didn't know he wrote the Bible. Yeah. I was quoting the scriptures. What in the world? You know why you think that? I'll tell you exactly why you think that. Because you know that you're not an independent Baptist. You know you're a dependent Baptist. You know that you are just a hack for some other big shot. You just go along with whatever they say. And so you think I must be the same way. 
You think that I must just be listening to somebody else and just going off what somebody else teaches because that's exactly what you're doing. But yet you are quoting a man and I'm quoting Bible. You're telling me how could these people be wrong? And I'm saying, how could the Bible be wrong? All right. I mean, whose side do you think we ought to pick in that? I know people would be foolish to just listen to me because it's me. I understand who I am. Okay? I'm not stupid, folks. All right? I am a very self-aware person. I know how preaching this kind of stuff makes me look. I know what people think about this kind of stuff. I get that. I understand that I have not done all that some have done, that I don't have the experience that some have, but I do know how to read. And so... You know, who, yeah, don't listen to me. Can you just listen to the scripture? You know, this verse in the Bible, when it says something as clear as that they that be of the flesh, talking about the Jews, are not the children of God. Amen. Can you, can you please acknowledge that? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Why not? Well, Dr. So and so says, you know, I'm sorry, I gave you a clear verse right there, but it, it doesn't matter. They don't care. And you know, what's it going to take to change these things? I believe it's going to be pastors of smaller churches. Amen. Why? Because here's the thing. And, and I, I love, listen, I am, I am such a nice guy. I love everybody. All right. Uh, I love most people. I, 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 in, in, when it, in, in the ministry, I, I love everybody. All right? I, I do. I really do. I love missionaries. I love evangelists. I love anybody that's trying to do something for the Lord, even if they're not doing a very good job and even if they're doing it in kind of a weird way. Hey, I, I'm thankful for somebody who's at least trying. I've heard of some people that are involved in some ministries that's like, that seems like the most pointless ministry, but hey, brother, thank the Lord you're trying to do something. You know? And I am. And I'm nice to these people. But let me tell you, it's not going to be missionaries and evangelists that are going to go against the establishment because they would end up losing their support. They're not going to be able to book meetings. You know, sadly, we've created a system where everybody's dependent, dependent on other churches. And they're not able to fulfill the ministry that they have chosen without the help of those other churches. And if you think you are not ever tempted by money or the love of money, you are a liar. All right? We're all tempted by that. You wave $100 in my face and say, stop preaching that. And I'll think about it, but I, I, I won't do it. But it'll cross my mind. All right? It'll, it'll do it. But, uh, uh, but I'm not going to do it. But I will think about it. But, you know, it, it would be tough if this is your livelihood, if you have a family that you got to take care of. It would be real easy just to ignore someone like me and listen to all the big shots that are giving you money. I, I get that. I, I, I understand. I'm, I don't agree with it, but I can understand why other people, while a missionary and evangelist would rather listen to all the guys handing over the dough than me, who hasn't, hasn't been given anything. I get it. Alright? I don't agree with it. If I'm give, if it's coming from the Scriptures, they should listen. If it's coming from the Scriptures, little Chevy ought to be able to read the verse to them and they ought to listen to what she has to say. But, they're not going to do that. And, and, but, so it, it's probably not going to be them. It really isn't. And I, I wish they would, but the system that we've created, it's going to make it difficult. You know, those... Those who work secular jobs in the ministry, you know, we're kind of looked at as the second class citizens. You know, we've created kind of a, a structure, a hierarchy. You know, preachers, 
Many preachers today are letting their families suffer just so they won't disappoint the big shots out there. Oh, no, man, you just need, you need to live by faith. Don't you go out there and get a job. You need to live by faith. You know, you need to just, you just need to pray more. You know, you know, he needs to feed his family. Sometimes they got, sometimes they got to work a job. If the Lord makes it where they don't have to do that, that's wonderful. But you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, I, you know, I'm going to let you all starve spiritually before I let my family starve physically. Amen. So, oh, you're kind of, well, you know what? I've seen the Bible or if I don't provide for my own, I've denied the faith and worse than an infidel. And you know what? If I just, if I'm, if I'm just giving you all milk, I don't see where I'm worse than an infidel. I'm probably not a very good preacher, but I'm not worse than an infidel. So they're first. Y'all are second. Deal with it. All right. Sorry about that, but I'm going to do that. But they are. They're letting their families suffer, you know, because well, we, we can't we can't disappoint Dr. Big Shot. He'll think I'm a compromiser. He'll think I'm a loser. No, listen, you know, and this this unbiblical system that we've created, it's it's causing people to end up finally just getting burned out and giving up. A lot of preachers are quitting. They can't, you know, their their families can't handle it. They can't deal with it. And it's not that they can't handle what God's called them to do. They can't handle what man's called them to do. They're asking them to do things that are impossible that God hasn't asked them to do. And but they think this must be what God wants me to do because Doctor Big Shot says so. And as and they end up they end up folding and just giving up and walking away from it all. And, and it's a shame. But you know, big name pastors they're not going to change because they would lose their positions of prestige. Yeah. Numbers 24.11, it says, Therefore now flee thou to thy place. This is, he's talking to Balaam here. He says, I thought to promote thee to great honor. Balaam didn't curse Israel. God didn't let him. He wanted to. He tried, but God stopped him. And he says, I thought to promote thee unto great honor, but lo, the Lord hath kept thee back from honor. Y'all see, Balaam, man, I want to do what you guys want me to do. The Lord physically is not letting me do it. And you know what? The IFB movement has allowed Balaam's to bring in heathen practices that are literally destroying what God has ordained for the church. You say, well, how's that? that? That's a strong statement. No, let me say this again. The IFB movement, and I love the IFB movement. I, love, I guess I should say the DFB movement, the Dependent Fundamental Baptist, all right? The DFB movement, they have allowed Balaam's to bring in heathen practices that are literally destroying what God has ordained for the church. Look at Mark chapter 10. Y'all don't believe that? Look at Mark chapter 10 right now. Look at Mark chapter 10 verse 4. I don't, I don't make stuff up, alright? I'm having enough trouble trying to convince people stuff that's true. I'm not, I'm not wasting my time with fake stuff. But Jesus called them to Him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles. Many times you'll see Gentiles and heathen used synonymously, alright? He uses Gentiles in this passage. says they exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among... I need to read this slower, okay? This is another going to be another one of those verses that is as clear as a bell, but it's not going to change anybody because they've gone the way of Balaam. I'm reading it again. Okay? But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever you will be the chiefest 
shall be servant of all. What is he saying here? He's talking, they, the Gentiles, they create these structures of superiority so they can rule over people. So they can be the big shot. So they can tell you what to do. So they can have a higher rank or promotion. That is a Gentile or a heathen practice. Jesus said, it is not going to be so among you. If you want to be the big shot, if you want to be the chief, you get to be the servant of all. That's what you're supposed to be. The servant of all. What does that mean? Okay, you know, what, is, what does that mean? Well, look at what it says in Matthew chapter, or well, in Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, it says, And he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. What has God made us? Kings and priests. All of us. Okay, what's the highest rank? Okay, in, you know, old school, you know, now we have president, but king, all right? That, and that, that king, that was the highest rank. That was the highest rank when it came to, you know, national leadership or whatever. But then the highest rank spiritually would be priest. And God's made us both of those things. He's made all of us kings and priests. Y'all see that? All of us are kings and priests. Okay, well, what about me as the pastor? What does that make me? All right, if you all are kings and priests, then what am I? Grand king, you know, the grand high, you know, chancellor. I got to have something, right? Well, I can't find anything in the Bible, so let me make up a few, all right? You know, let's, how about we try, you know, just, you know, things like, you know, the Pope they got there, the Cardinal. Now, we don't do those in Baptist, but, you know, the kind of the grand title in the Baptist church is doctor. Yeah. Okay? You know, doctor, you know, doctor, doctor, you know, they love using those terms doctor. You know, we've created, we have, we've created our own hierarchy. There's this thing that's going on now, and, and this isn't all bad, okay? Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm nitpicking here, all right? But I hear preachers all the time, I hear pastors all the time who are always talking about their pastor. Okay? You know, I, I always, I'm always counseled with my pastor and what my pastor tells me to do, I do. And they always tell their church that because what they're basically, you know, they do, they say that all the time. Whatever my pastor tells me to do, I do. Well, that's code for whatever I tell you to do, you should do. Because yeah. I listen to my pastor, why can't you listen to your pastor? You know, that's what they're really saying. Yeah. But it's the same. God called one bishop over the church. Where, so, if God's called me to be the pastor over this church, if I have somebody who's my pastor that's telling me what to do, am I the one ruling over this church or is it somebody else? Somebody else. Okay, now, listen, there is nothing wrong with having other pastors that you go to for advice and counsel. That's just wise. Okay, that's, just, that's just a wise thing to do. That's called wisdom right there. However, some of these, they do whatever, you know, whatever they tell me to do, I do. And they, and they do, they try to use that against their people. So they'll do whatever the pastor says to do, but it's, it's literally creating a hierarchy and the pastors that they all have, you know, it all, if you, if you follow the chain of command and the pyramids, it always usually leads to the same guy. And there's always one guy in different groups. And, you know, and we've got different factions out there, you know, different, uh, you know, Cardinals, and we got all these guys. I think fighting for Pope uh, position, and we haven't nobody. Nobody's really taken that title yet because that term's still despised among the Baptists. But uh, I think someone would take it if we offered it to them. I really do. But anyway, but you know, so Bible says He's made us all kings and priests. We've all got the same rank, and it's a high rank, by the way. And notice it says in Matthew chapter twenty, verse sixteen: "So the last shall be first." 
and the first shall be last, for many are called, but few chosen. We see that many times in the Bible. What does that mean, the last shall be first and the first shall be last? Well, many times we interpret that, well, that means Dr. Big Shot, who everybody worships, in the kingdom of heaven, God's going to put him in the back of the line. And you know, and that little old sweet old lady that just serves the Lord and does her best, she's going to be in front. No, actually, there's only one way the last can be first and the first can be last. It's if we're all kind of on the same level. Kind of like it says there in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6. So why would we start creating structures of hierarchy in the church that start that are literally controlling pastors in multiple churches? You know why? Because Balaam's come in and he's gotten us involved in heathen practices. That is what the Gentiles do. That is what the heathen do. And that is going on in churches in every denomination, and it's even going on in independent fundamental Baptist churches. So-called independent fundamental Baptist churches. We've accepted these worldly titles, you know, like doctor. You remember, look at Matthew chapter 23, verse 5. Look, look at this. Matthew, you know, now, oh, there's nothing wrong with, you know, using, using some of these terms. Well, you know, once again, this is where we, we have to decide. Do we believe the Bible or are we just part of the denomination? T- fancy titles are completely acceptable in the dependent Baptist Movement, all right, completely acceptable. But it says in Matthew chapter twenty-three, verse five. But all their works they do for to be seen of men, taking pictures of themselves on Twitter, doing you know preaching, soul winning, handing out tracts, altar calls, to be seen of men. I had to throw that in there. They enlarge the uh, you know they make broad their flackers and large boards their garments. They love the uppermost rooms at feasts and chief seats in the synagogues. I've seen the uppermost rooms and I've seen the chief seats. That goes on bad. It's just like you look at it. It's just like in the Bible. It's like, you know, I don't know why I put up with a lot of this stuff. Like I said, I'm a nice guy. I probably I need to walk away from some things. But sometimes it's fun to watch. It's it's kind of you know if if I know a train's going to wreck, I'm going to watch it. All right, you know, but I'll try to stop them first. But then if they're not going to listen, I'm going to watch them wreck. But then verse seven and greetings in the market and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but be not ye called Rabbi. For one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. Yeah. Y'all see that? Okay, now we don't use the term rabbi or master, but at the same time, you know, we, we, we're smart enough. We know better than to use that because Jesus flat out said, don't do that. But he said, the re- we're not supposed to use these titles, you know, to impress people. The Pharisees love doing that kind of thing, but he said not to do that. Why? Because ye are all brethren. Not all family. In family, you got mother and father that's above the children, but in the, with the, amongst the children, there's e- they're equal, aren't they? They try to boss each other around, don't they? Yeah, your kids ever try to boss each other around? Yeah, absolutely. And do Christians try to boss each other around? Absolutely. Are they supposed to do that? No. Okay. And these guys that are doing all this stuff, they're acting like a bunch of kids. They haven't grown up spiritually yet. But we do. We've done these things. This is a this is this is a Gentile thing. This is something Jesus said not to do. We do not create structures of superiority superiority, but we call each other brother. The apostle John, the beloved apostle, the one that clearly was the closest to Jesus. What did he say? I, John, who am your brother and companion in tribulation. Not I, John, who am the apostle. Not just the apostle, but the beloved apostle. Not just the beloved apostle, but the last of all the apostles still living. You know, I am that. No, I'm your brother and companion. I'm with you people. 
I'm working with you. I'm trying to help you. As a pastor, I'm your brother. God has put me in a position as a pastor to help, to work with, to be side by side with as a brother in Christ. And so listen, some missionaries, evangelists, we're probably not going to see them change anything. We're not going to see the big shot. They're, they're, not, they're not going to change anything. The ones that are going to make a difference are going to be the little people. Amen. Little people like me who don't have anything that the world would think we need to be great. Remember what the Bible said? They're great ones. They're great ones. They're the ones that do all these things. They're the ones doing everything wrong that are messing everything up. It's the great ones that are messing it up. Everybody's following the great ones and, it's made, and all the little people are going bad with them. What they need to do is start being who God called them to be. They need to start following the Word of God and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need people who believe the Bible just too much to care what anybody else thinks. Amen. Just say, you know, I, I don't care. You know, I got my, I got my, we talked about that safe space this morning. I got my safe space. I got my place where I can go hide. It's in the Scriptures. Yeah, everybody's saying this, but you know what? I can look what the Bible says right here. Yeah. I've done that before, man. I'll hear preachers preach stuff that's stupid and it's like, man, you know, and everybody's amen and shouting. It's like, I got to go to my place, right there in the Bible. Look what it, look what it says. I'm, I'm staying where I'm supposed to be. I'm sticking by that. I'm not changing to be more popular. You know, it's going to be people who don't have any special abilities, but are dependent on the Holy Spirit. Talk about the Apostle Paul. He had some special abilities, but he didn't use them. Why? Because he wanted to be. He wanted to rely on the Holy Spirit. He wanted to display the Holy Spirit in his life. So it was like he abased himself. Where guys today, it's constantly about, you know, look at me, you know, look at my clothes, you know, look at, look at how I dress, you know, look at my popularity, my fame, you know, look at my talent, listen to me sing, listen to me preach, listen to my beautifully, you know, alliterated outline that even rhymes, you know, look at, look at, you know, look at my ability to speak, watch what I can do, watch me do a cartwheel. Well, I, I know preachers that do that. I, I know one guy, I've never seen him preach where he didn't do a cartwheel. I got nothing wrong with doing a cartwheel in church. I, I'd try it, but I'd probably mess it up pretty bad and look like an idiot. But at the same time, you know, I can't remember one message he's ever preached. I remember the cartwheels, though. I, I remember all that. You know, but it's going to be people who don't have much money, but they got a whole lot of faith. Those are the people. Those are the people that God they're going to use. God's going to use. It's going to be people who don't have a big following, but they follow a big God. Those are the ones God's going to use. It's going to be people who just happen to be the very kind of people that God said He would use. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. Because I've been there before. I've seen the faces. When you do, when, when you're me, when you're a nobody and you speak against the big names, the big shots, I've gotten the despised looks. Who are you? And you know what? My, I, I'm made out of the same flesh as everybody else. My flesh ups in sometimes like, you know, I'm going to tell you who I am right now. I've been, I've been reading the Bible. I've read through the Bible pretty much every year since I was nine years old. I've done it more than I've done it more than once several years. I'll I'll tell you how much I got. I could start talking about I could start talking about stuff if I wanted to. That's what my flesh wants to do. You see how they they kind of despise you. You know what they accuse you of. You know you're just following this guy. You're just you're just copying this person. 
Yeah, I, I could tell you a few things. I want to tell you a few things. I see the despised looks, but then once again, I keep talking about going to the scriptures as a hiding place. And I do. I want to be used to God. I want to make a difference. But look what look what it says in First Corinthians one twenty six. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things. That's not really much of a compliment right there, is it? God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world. The low things, things on the bottom. People in the lowest ranks. He's used the base things of the world and the things which are despised. Who are you to say anything? Hath God chosen... Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are that no flesh should glory in His presence. So now who do you think God's going to use to make a difference? Dr. Big Shot that everybody expects? The great leaders of fundamentalism? Or the nobodies? The little people? That's who the Bible says God uses. God, God can use the big shots, but it says not many. He's not going to use a lot of them. Not many. But it, we are, there are many little people. There's a lot of little people out there. And if the little people would actually become... You know, we, we need to start... You know, we need, we need to start a new movement. I'm going to call it the Independent Baptist Movement. Amen. The Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement. I, I'm going to start that right now. We need you know, independent fundamental Baptist churches. They're actually independent. If we would have that happen... It would make a difference because the big shots, the big names, they, they're just going to go along with what's popular. Eventually, people are going to get this. They're going to fall in line and we're going to start seeing some of the big shots jump on the bandwagon. And you know what? We'll be merciful and we'll let, if they're, you know, we'll let them if they apologize and beg. And, you know, you know. Eventually they will, but, let me, but it's, it's not going to be because of them. It, it won't. That's not what the Bible says. And look, I am very aware of how my position on these issues makes me look. I, I fully understand it. I, I get it. I'm not an idiot. You know, I, I've been complimented before. You know, it's like you're a being somebody who doesn't care what people think. And the truth is, I do care what people think. You know, I hate disappointing people. I, I do. It, it hurts me to think that what I'm preaching is going to hurt people. That, that I respect and that I love and I care about. Uh, it, 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 that does bother me a lot. I don't like when people think bad of me, but I know what I know. Amen. I can't change that. I, I, could, I hate to use Balaam's words. I can only say what the Lord's told me to say. Right. The big difference is I, I mean that in my heart. I really do. And, you know, I do, I do believe that I'm not better than anybody else because I've taken the stand in this position. I'm going to tell you right now, I think one of the reasons I'm different than a lot of people, I don't have anything to lose. Um, I don't have a lot of money. I'm not dependent on other people's money. I, I can't really get demoted because I hadn't been promoted yet. You know, uh, I've not been being asked to preach at the big meetings. You know, I'm not, I, I have no great status. 
to lose. Okay, so it is a lot easier for me. I remember years ago when some singers I knew decided to take kind of another path and they ended up going professional and all the preachers, man, they're like, I can't believe they compromised like that. Going after money. And you know, and I agree, they shouldn't have done that. I didn't agree with the path they took. But I was talking to some preachers one time. I said, you know, one thing I'm going to say in their defense. While they maybe did follow after money and fame, you understand that none of us have ever even been offered money and fame. That would be tempting. And yeah, they got offered. Maybe they fell into the temptation. I wouldn't do that. Well, you can say that, but nobody's ever offered it to you. Nobody's ever offered me a lot of money. Nobody's ever offered me the big fame. I don't have the talent like these guys did. So it's real easy for me to get all cocky and say, I wouldn't do that. You're not going to ever see me go professional. Yeah, that's right. You're not going to ever see me go professional because they wouldn't have me. <laughs> and so you know, it, I'm not really, don't think I'm, you know, I, I don't I want you to think I'm acting like I'm sacrificing some big thing. Okay, I'm not. And so I do believe, I think, I think everybody needs to do the right thing no matter what. But I do understand it's going to be a lot harder for some people. It will be a lot harder for other preachers than it, will be, than it was for me. Because they've got a lot more to lose than I do. And you know, that's why the Bible says we need to you know, uh, talk about being rich in this world. You know, it can get you in trouble. The love of money is the root of all evil. And while I, you know, I might not have money in promotion, but you know one thing I enjoy that I have that other people don't have is the peace and the liberty that I have. I'm thankful I can get up and I can run my mouth like this tonight and I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Y'all get mad and leave me. I have that. A lot of preachers can't do that. They can't preach whatever they want to preach because they lose half their crowd and they lose all their friends. And I don't have to worry about that. I thank, I thank God for that. I am free to read my Bible and it, I can let it change me however God sees fit. Some people can't do that. They think they can't do that. They could if they wanted to, but I have that freedom. I am at Liberty. At Liberty Baptist Church. Give me LibertyBaptist.org. Check out our website. Yeah. <laughs> Give me Liberty Baptist. I, I like that. I'm thankful for it. And you know what? Don't ever, don't, don't go the way of Balaam. It, it, it didn't work for him. He did. He wanted. He wanted the money. He wanted promotion. He didn't get it. But you know what? That guy. He was evil. And even later, he still. He still. He did worse to Israel by causing them to sin than what that curse would have done. And it's sad how many preachers are getting other churches in trouble by getting them involved in false doctrines and things that they shouldn't. And it is. It's, it's a. It's a tragedy. And we need to stay away from that. And so, stay in the book. Be an independent fundamental Baptist, a real one. So with that, let's all stand together.